Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Alexis Madrigal. Sid Sriram is a famous singer in southern India where he was born in the city of Chennai. But Sriram moved to the United States at the age of one, to Fremont, California to be exact. His voice and his sound are the product of his family's legacy as Carnatic traditional singers and a childhood in the Bay Area suburbs listening to jazz and hip-hop. This morning, we're going to play his music, maybe he'll perform a little here in the studio, and we'll talk about his transnational life and identity, his training at Berklee School of Music, and what it's like to be more famous halfway around the world than where he went to high school. That's all coming up next, after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Sid Sriram is a rising star in the musical world with a transnational sound that combines his family's Carnatic musical traditions with his own musical taste and his training at Berklee School of Music. He joins us here this morning in Studio B. Welcome, Sid. Thank you for having me. So we're going to jump right in with a song. We're going to try and do this fun thing where you're going to sing some of the song for us here, a cappella, in the studio, and then we're going to hear some of the recording, too, so people can hear how your voice gets placed into the mix. Uh, And I think you're going to do the dance first, right? Yes, first. Cool. Cool, let's get into it. Fall lines older than sunshine Covered in gold Still don't know how I'm getting home no, I'm not ready for peace yet, deep in my soul. Mm-hmm. Vices scream, no, I'm not letting go. Hey, do the dance as we fall. Ooh. Never know. Ooh. Nothing's normal, it never will be. Several moments pass and fade to camouflage. Ah, 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 under the sunlight like a corsage. Oh, thinking about the things and all the ways they were. Hey, do the dance 
Fall back, bring back the street fights I brought there for you. Oh, there for you. Oh, oh. green light, your green eyes. I fall back deep down. I know that you're the only one, only you. We're here in the studio with Sid Sriram. We just heard an amazing vocal rendition of the beginning of that song, and then we transitioned right into the recorded version. This is, uh, the single's out for this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but not the full album. That'll, that'll be coming out uh, in July. Um, you know, what is this song really about? I mean, I've heard you talk about it maybe being about kind of trying to find a home. Sure. It's about the search for home, or like the understanding of what home really is. Um, you know, I uh, I was born in Chennai, grew up in, in Fremont, and I think because of that, being away from the, the place of my roots or building roots in a new place, uh, this idea of trying to find identity, trying to find what home is and really define that has been something that's on my mind since I was very young. Um, and this song was just kind of encapsulating that, that set of emotions and the realization ultimately that home is not necessarily a physical place, but a, a collection of, of memories, of people, of moments, and um, the the deep, profound understanding that home is something that you can kind of carry with you. And I, I'm moving about a whole lot. Mm. And I've been doing that for almost like a decade now. And... Uh, so you know the, the the movement about the world and 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 being constantly on the move, uh, I guess allowed the thought process to really mm-hmm. take take uh, take shape within me. And this song is the first time I feel like I was able to really articulate that thought and emotion in in a way that felt yeah. representative of the spectrum of, of what the, you were feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, one time I was working on a story in Chennai, and like every person that I was interviewing for the story, like their family went back like 10 generations yeah, in like one neighborhood of that city. Sure. Is that the, is that the situation from your family there or is it more, more complicated than that? Well, we, um, if you look back like three generations, there is um, a couple villages. My dad is, his village is called Paramaneri and it's close to Tanjaur. My mom's is um, also close by. Uh, and so, but I think at least two generations uh, moved to what was then Madras, then later became Chennai. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, another definition of home is kind of like where you where you grew up. You grew up in Fremont. 
I mean, what was your Fremont like? I mean, you were, uh, you're like 33. You're, yeah, exactly. Right? You're, right? Yeah. yeah. So you're 33. Was your Fremont like um, an Indian Fremont? <laughs> was it a, not an Indian Fremont? Like how, how involved were you with the community, which is quite large out there? Sure. Um, so we moved here in 91. I was a year old. My mom started her um, music institution in Fremont in 92. Mm. Um it's a vocal Carnatic music institution. So really so much of my framework of understanding what Fremont is and was was based on on, on our school and the students mm-hmm. kind of, you know, from a very early age coming into the house and, and music always being around. So the Indian culture and my rootedness to it has always been through music and specifically through her school. Mm-hmm. And... Um, even once I started, you know, public school, I went to Gomes and then Hopkins Junior High and then Missions as a high school. Uh, it was, you know, there's a, a large Indian community in Fremont, and and where I went to to school, there's many Indian folks. So I feel like it was very much um, an Indian experience or an Indian American experience. Uh, so much of what I understood of the United States growing up was that, um, and I'm grateful for it. I think it allowed me. Uh, you know, to a degree, a sense of, of belonging, yeah. um, even though in pop culture and, and a lot of what we were taking in in terms of music and, and entertainment and all that didn't have uh, people that looked like me necessarily. When I went to school, there was, a, you know, everywhere we looked, there was, it was a lot of it. Um, so there was that there was also a sense of of um, living in a bubble. Because you go out, go out into the world, and I, I went to college in Boston, and that's very much not what it's like, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. But I'm grateful for it. It really allowed me uh, almost a cocoon, you know, culturally, and then you break out of that, and then you still have that within you and when you venture out into the world. Yeah. You know, you mentioned that your mother had this music school. She you know, sang Carnatic music. Your grandfather, uh, as well, was one of your your teachers as mm. a young person. For those of us whose ears are not yet tuned to the patterns of this music, like sure. t- teach us a little bit about how to listen to that because you do incorporate it in in your music, and we'll get to some of the music you release in India as well later sure. in the show. Um, so yeah, how do we listen to it? I think um, well, Carnatic music is a very nuanced form where there are these rules and parameters that you operate within and they're quite set um but the fun of it as a musician is finding the liberation within those parameters so Mm -hmm. i I think what i'll talk about mainly is is the melodic construct within carnatic music which is the raga construct and there's hundreds and hundreds of ragas each raga is basically the way i define is a melodic universe um and there's a, a, a scale of sorts that's ascending and descending. Um, and if I'm getting too technical... No, no, no. This know, is exactly cool. what I wanted. I mean, I'm yeah, thinking, yeah. I mean, the immediate thing that pops up for me is kind of thinking of like the blues. Sure. So in a very similar way, you know how the blues, there is a technical, like there's scales and such, but it's really based on the feeling of it. And when it comes to life is when a musician has imbibed not just the technique, but also the ethos and the spirit of it to a point where when they're performing it, they're living it, right? So with mm. Carnatic music, these ragas, um, I think the best way for me to explain it would just be to like sing one. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, sure. Mm. There's a raga called Kalyani, and um, 
the the notes as they sang they're called swarams which is similar to western like solfege um so those that scale basically gives you your outer parameters of how you can operate within said raga and then based on that there are phrases very like like building building blocks basically that you can pull from when you're improvising or that's what the compositions are all based off of so it's also a highly improvisational form so when i'm taking carnatic music and kind of breathing it into my western contemporary music a lot of times that's based on improvisational ideas that i'm letting kind of sit amongst other melodic ideas from the western context so you've got these I'll call them melodic galaxies because you're moving between. I them. love it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure. And you're like, so you're improvising in the Western style, or you're you're just like feeling into a beat, and then you see like a path into the melodic galaxy sure. of a particular raga, and you just move into there. Yeah, sure. So let let's say I'll just make something up right now. So, so uh, why do we have to go so far away? So, da, 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 da. Ah, why do we have... So, you know, just like a quick phrase. Yeah. And then you could like... You could play with it pretty infinitely, actually. Oh, man. Yeah. That's beautiful. It's so fun. Um, we're talking with and we're listening to musician Sid Sriram. He is singing for us. He's teaching us a little bit of Carnatic music. We're going to talk about what it's like to become a star in India. We'd love to hear from you. Do you know Sid? Maybe you went to high school with him. What's it like to hear him uh, playing this music out in the world? Um, the number is 866-733-6786. Perhaps you grew up listening to or singing Indian Carnatic music. What's it like to hear it on the radio? And what's what's something that you love about it? You can give us a call. The number is 866-733-6786. You can email forum at kqed.org. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We're KQED Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We'll be back with more with Sid Sriram right after the break. All there for you. All there for you. Green lights, green eyes are far back. Deep down, know that you're my only one. Only you. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We're talking with and listening to musician Sid Sriram. His music combines sort of musical traditions that he grew up with here in the Bay Area with the other ones he grew up with here in the Bay Area in the Indian Carnatic uh, musical tradition. You can give us a call about his music or your relationship to it, a component of it, 
The number is 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. The email is forum at kqed.org, or you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We're KQED Forum. Um, Sid, I think you're going to perform some verses from a song that we played at the very top. Uh, is it Dear Sahana? Yeah. Yeah. I'll do that right now. I felt strangely in love, frail hearts till there. You let me in. I'm weary, full of For you, I'd put my fears aside. Just as quiet as dawn, you left in the early morning. I'm back again. Won't you please let me in? Ooh, found your number. Don't know if I should call all the different ways you make me feel. Could it be that this distance made this love? This ahana, huh? You make me feel. There are some times. That we fall from grace Searching for infinite love Oh, how I try, I try To go on my own, on my own But every path leads me back to you Here in the studio with Sid Sriram, we just heard another amazing rendition of Dear Sahana and a little bit of the recorded version there, so you can hear the full instrumentation. You know, I want to talk a little bit about the ways that through your career you've tried to kind of link the kind of American music that you were encountering. I mean, you grew up, you were like a teenager and hyphy's like peak, you yeah, know? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and you were also were listening, you know, you love the local jazz station around here. Yeah. Um, did you always try to combine these things, or did you kind of keep them on separate tracks? Um, 
So I really discovered like soul music around like seven or eight. And I've talked about this a little bit, but like Stevie Wonder and mm-hmm. Donny Hathaway, yeah. um, Sam Cooke, like these were like some huge Tower of Power, um, like just influences, especially vocally, because I think I was always searching for, like Carnatic music has a lot of vocal embellishment and there's a lot of, there's called Sangadis, but the way that we twist and turn the notes and all mm-hmm. that. And I was always kind of searching for the equivalent in in Western music. Mm. And when I found that in like soul music with the riffing or like even in like you were mentioning the blues, like B.B. King was a huge influence. When I found that kind of thing, I was it, I was just immediately drawn to it. How was, with that note bending. That yeah. yeah. And just like the way that they could ornament a phrase, um, it really just like grabbed me on a spiritual level. So I think like subconsciously, I was always kind of trying to find the bridges and, and the way that um, the two different worlds could intertwine with one another. Mm. But then consciously there was this identity crisis where I was like, this is Indian me, this is American me, and I'm going to keep them separate as a, as a means of just staying sane growing mm. up. And like, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, alt- and, and that mindset followed me when I really started songwriting and, and all that in 2008, just around, where I would compose a piece uh, and then I'd leave a section open for like Indian classical improv but it was still like siloed where like this is your Indian classical section and then everything <laughs> right. else is a different aesthetic. Um, through the process of making the the current album that's going to be coming out, uh, that's when I really think I was able to, in effect, you know, just like completely tear that barrier down and let it become this kaleidoscopic kind of like depending on what way you shine the light on it you're going to get something different from it. And it didn't become like, here's this and here's that. It was all one stream um, with all the different influences really swimming together and within one another. What do you think unlocked that? Was that just, you know, growing into yourself as a person? So like around 2016, I started doing this like six to eight months in Chennai. So I, uh, where I would live there for like half the year, a little bit more than that. Um, And at that point, my relationship with the country I was born in became more of my own rather than one mm. that was through the the lens of my parents or relatives you know growing up mm. a lot of us that moved here or like grew up here yeah. that are indian our our connection to india is very much like go there for two months in the summer by the end of summer dying to come back and be <laughs> with the friends over here you know like um especially growing up with like no internet and stuff when i was really young we easy to get bored or whatever um, but when I was able to really make my relationship grow my own roots over there, build a life there and, um, you know, see it for, for what it was for me, uh, that allowed a certain level of embracing of identity and culture that was so profound that I didn't really think could happen. Once that really clicked, uh, I, I lost the desire to try to be like, this is this aspect of me and this is this aspect of me. I'm never going to, it really like, and it was a a process, you know, it didn't happen immediately, but over those two to three years, um, the, the walls kind of like by themselves, it just dismantled. So then when I went into making this record, I was already in a space where I I wasn't thinking in that way anymore. Just like subconsciously, it's always been there that this is all one thing, but consciously that was gone out of my brain. So I was able to create from a space of true freedom, uh, which is what I think allowed it. I love that. Um, Let's uh, let's bring in Marilyn in El Cerrito. Welcome, Marilyn. Hi, I listen to your program every day, but I'm a first-time caller. Hey, welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I love your program. Um, I'm calling because 
I wanted to say that I, um, I'm a painter, and I spent a lot of time at a residency in outside of Delhi, India, and I did my paintings every day to ragas, and I love the way your guest is combining uh, his his own personal feelings and the yeah. karate uh, uh, to the ragas. It's really wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Marilyn. Really appreciate that um, that call. Let's get to uh, let's take another one real quick. Let's take, uh, go to Rishi uh, in Berkeley. Welcome. Hey, I just wanted to say. Uh, I thought the music was lovely and beautiful, and that's uh, my first time hearing it, so it was actually quite uh, quite amazing. I'm Indian-American, and one thing that I've noticed is that, especially my parents, and kind of a similar thing that your guest was just saying, Sid was just saying, um, you know, they're they're very unemotional in, in their speech, like when they're talking, and the one outlet for emotion feels like it's music or dance, and so that was kind of the, the thing I wanted to share. Yeah, totally. I mean, was that was that how it worked for you? Like... Were you, was this a line of connection to your parents outside of, you know, spoken word? Sure. I, I think um, there's definitely, especially with, with my mom, her, she's a musician, comes from generation, but my father as well is very kind of deeply involved and has always been in, in what I do. He's not a musician at all. doesn't really have a musical bone in his body. <laughs> but, Sorry, Dad. <laughs> he'll, he'll be the first one to say it. But I think as a unit, Music and the arts and dance has always been at the very core of what we do, and it's allowed a certain level of um, connection that is definitely nonverbal and this like sixth sense, almost like understanding one another through that perspective. It's something very powerful. So yeah, definitely. Because your sister too is also involved in the arts, and she's a dancer. Yes. And so this has been like the whole. Well, at least your mom, you, and your sister could like perform together. Yeah, so growing up when we were quite young, we used to all sing together, actually. And that I just saw a picture at, at, at our home in Fremont. I took a picture of it on my phone. But it was me, my mom, my sister, my mom in the center and performing on stage. And we used to do that a lot. It was definitely, like I said, um, such an elemental part of our lives. Um, my sister, she's a, a movement artist, a dancer, and an academic. And... You know, gr- growing up, we would perform together. She would dance, and I would provide vocal support. And it allowed us, like this again, this mm. deep synergy, where we didn't have to really say much. We just mm. understood what the other was going to do. She's a couple years older than me, so she's also been a source of a lot of not only inspiration, but just like our conversations, the knowledge that she just brings to life and the arts as well, um, has allowed me this perspective of like deep trust and. Mm. Um, yeah, she's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. You know, while we're on the topic of family, we have a great question from uh, Anu in Cupertino. Welcome, Anu. Hey, Anu, can, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. You're on. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Alexis. Yeah, um, Sid, we listen to you all the time. Um, I have a 14-year-old son. We are Indian-American who, uh, who, grows, who learns Carnatic music, lives in the Bay Area. So my question for you is for kids who don't speak the native language, right, even though they learn the song in Carnatic music, what suggestions or recommendations would you give on how they can, you know, improve their language skills without feeling pressured or something like that? Sure. Um, I think specifically in the context of music, things that have helped me is, is spending the time uh, to understand the lyric, even even if it's in a language that one doesn't understand in like a, a conversational way, um, really taking the time to understand and break like word down by word, words. yeah, yeah. And there's a really deep kind of connection that is formed when that happens. That's one. And then phonetically, taking the time to um, 
on you know just spend time with the words and and figure out the the proper pronunciation of the words because once that happens there's a certain connection that happens that is uh you know it can't it can't be replicated in, in any other way the kind of tying together of melody and lyric especially in carnatic music is is really beautiful mm-hmm. and it can be a mechanism to then want to um just dive into the languages even more i think if it's uh started off as like a creative pursuit and and through the music that can open up passageways mm. uh, to really just have the desire as a teenager to want to understand the language more strengthen one's relationship with it and yeah. so on hey Anna, thank you so much for that question um i do want to play another piece of your music um maybe you can intro it a little bit um it is a song that you did with uh ar raman mm-hmm. Right, and it was kind of the one that that launched you. So maybe set us up, and then we'll listen to it. Sure. So my my debut in in Indian cinema was uh, in 2012 with the song called Adie. Then I had another one or a couple that came out a couple years after that. But this one that we're going to play now is called Talipoga de Tintamo, and which is my mother tongue. And it came out on January 1st, 2016. Um, and I really couldn't have been prepared for what happened after because once that song released, it just really blew up. Not only the piece itself, but my name and, and my likeness kind of really mm. was catapulted at that point. So this is that song, Talipogade. All right, let's listen. <laughs> This was Sid Sriram's breakout hit in uh, India. It's in Tamil. It was in uh, Kaliwood, right? That's the... Yeah. I, I will say, and I think this is more something that people are trying to move, and I, I've kind of like used the terms, um, but you know, like the use of the wood, like Bollywood, Kaliwood, uh, uh-huh. it, it, it always felt like, I used to feel this when I was younger, and then I've seen it as a, like a trend more recently where... Mm. Um, it felt like we were trying to pull from Hollywood, you know, uh-huh. or just like not mimic necessarily, but emulate perhaps the West where now like it feels like it's just called Indian cinema or like Tamil cinema or, or Telugu, yeah. um, which is kind of what I prefer. But yeah, it, it's sure. it, it's um, it's in Tamil it is this film. And uh, it was yeah, it was a great experience doing so, it. Yeah. I mean, what's it like for you listening to this song now? So we've performed it a lot in the last like decade or not decade, but like since it came out, like uh, I've performed it on stage a whole bunch. I haven't listened to that particular recording. I want to say in like 
four years or something like that. It's been a while. So it was definitely a trip listening back. Took me right back to like recording it with uh, what they are. So, so um, it's a, it's, it feels like a blast from the past is what it felt like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, do you, how do I ask this question? Do you like both kinds of music or is this kind of like, this is your like commercial work almost and then the stuff that you're making um, you know, right now for this new album is something else. Like, how, what's the relationship for you between those two types sure. of musical release? No, I, I, I don't really like segment them in that way because mm-hmm. uh, I deeply love those songs and especially working with AR, um, who's a hero of mine since I was like super young. Um, those pieces are very creatively gratifying, and there's a lot that I was able to take from it. Um, but. So I'm a playback singer over there. So basically, I go into the studio. A song is composed, lyrics are written, um, and the situation, the film is set. And my job over there is to really breathe life into it based on what the composer needs from me. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a layer of separation for sure. Um, though I am, the the songs are deeply embedded in my spirit, and I give my heart to them. Um, they're not my story. Uh, mm-hmm. With this mm-hmm. album, especially. It feels like a direct manifestation of all the aspects of who I am, deeply personal. When I write my music, the songs are very introspective and kind of diving into existential questions that I have. And, you know, so the the level of vulnerability that comes mm. uh, from the music that I write myself is quite different from the songs that I sing for film. But what I also realize is like that's within myself. Once these songs are out and in the world, what people take from it Hmm. could be super vulnerable and 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 you know uh so i i try to keep not my judgment i try to keep my self out of of this just like the con not conversation but the thought process like w- once the song is out in the world but i i feel deeply connected to both this my own music just feels like it's more um representative of, of, of who i am yeah of just yeah. your your thinking yeah. yeah we're talking with and listening to the musician sid sriram Fremont's finest. <laughs> uh, stay tuned for more. You can give us a call. The number is 866-733-6786, or you can email us at forum at kqed.org. We're going to hear some more music, and we're going to get to more calls and comments right after the break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We're joined in Studio B by musician Sid Sriram this morning. Uh, amazing music blending. 
uh, Carnatic traditional uh, Indian classical music and a whole variety of Western uh, traditions. Um, listener Aaron writes in to say, this is an amazing show today. My son died last year in July at 18 years old, and I found some solace in music. I found that sound can be so calming and healing, the right notes can calm and soothe almost anything. I had to write in to say that Sid's voice is so soothing, I can imagine just sitting, listening to him, and feeling the sound waves move through my body to help me heal. Amazing. Just amazing. Please say thank you to him, and I can't wait to explore his music. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. We're going to play Blue Space from your Tiny Desk concerts. This was a live performance that Sid did in, in D.C. at NPR. Um, this song, I mean, maybe tell us a little bit before, because we're going to listen to it for a while. Um, tell us a little bit about what this song is for you or what it represents. Yeah, I feel like it's really two things. One, um, ego death. Is that kind of like the very core of, of one of the, the components of it? And the other thing is... Through that, ego death is the asserting of one's place in the world or the universe. Mm-hmm. You know, once you take the ego out of it, you see things a little bit more clearly. And at that point, you can really, like, plant your feet. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it's those those two things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it ends with it ends with healing, too. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, let's listen in. This is uh, Blue Spaces, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, by Sid Sriram. Just 
Oh, man. We were listening to Sid Sriram's Tiny Desk performance of the song Blue Spaces. It is just so powerful. I mean, those synth washes, those piano stabs, the kinetic variations, the striations of voice, the whole thing is so... I mean, I've obviously listened to this song many times in the last 48 hours. <laughs> it's, just, it's so interesting, so good. Do you, do you want to reflect on anything that you, you hear in it this time, like hearing this specific performance that you did out there? Yeah, I mean... The whole process of making this album was just a real exercise in collaboration. And I used to, when I was a bit younger, I used to think like, oh, I want to do everything, like play all the instruments and um, make all the decisions and be super precious about all that stuff. And this was the first time in my life, really, where I was amidst just a group of people where we were all passing ideas around and... and um, it was true collaboration at its finest without ego involved. And, and I think when I listen to this right now, and it's been like a, you know, I listened to it quite a bit once it came <laughs> out, but it's been like, let's say a You're week. Like, hey, that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but what I hear the most is just like the interaction between the different layers and how we were really listening to each other. Mm. Um, especially with the song being about like, you know, like the ego death that I was talking about, the healing that comes from that, um, this idea that, uh, you know, we're like a family, like a, a unit that really we lean on each other a lot, especially like on and off stage. Um, and in this, um, yeah, I could just hear the different like components coming in and out so subtly and with restraint. And we mm. were all um, just in there with each other. That's the first thing that really jumped out yeah. of me listening back to it. I mean, when those guys come in on the harmonies, oh, man. Yeah, they so killed nice. it. Yeah. And then like that, yeah, the the drummer just perfectly picking it. It's awesome. Um, let's bring in... Um, Barty in Pinole, welcome. Hi, hey. can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can. Go ahead. Okay. Hi. Um, yeah, I'm Indian American and I grew up with Indian classical music in my home. My dad is a tabla player, so you know, the world of tabla is its own uh rabbit hole that one could dive into. But <laughs> I just wanted to, to say to Sid that you know, you're you're brilliant in what you're doing and it really it's reminiscent, at least to me, of something what the Beatles were doing, right, in its introduction of, of Indian classical music to the world or to the West, which is bringing language as a bridge to get some um, familiarity with some styles of music that normally maybe one would not listen to because there might be a language distance. Sure. Maybe it's not typically sung in English. And so it, you're really, in my opinion, you're really kind of carrying the baton of the kind of work that the Beatles did, and I think it's brilliant, and I thank you. That means a whole lot. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank you so much. I mean, how did you, I mean, you know, I'm assuming you've heard those Beatles tracks that incorporate, you know, traditional instruments uh, from India. How did you interpret that as a kid? Were you like, oh, that's cool? Or were you kind of like, oh, the Beatles kind of stole my thing? <laughs> no, no, I loved it. I, my dad put me onto the Beatles when I was quite young. He bought a CD of the Magical Mystery Tour album. And, um, and that kind of like spirit exists very deeply in that album, like uh, on a bunch of songs or even just like the, the feeling of it, you know? And I think that's what... I, I love that album just off rip and I was quite young. I didn't understand all the production decisions and stuff, but something about it just really resonated with me. And I think like thinking back on it, especially after um the last caller's like comment, I think it made its way into my thought of, of what is 
a way to, to sing in English but still bring in this aesthetic or this deep-rootedness from another culture? How can they live? So it's not just like Oz or like, but like really taking a word and treating it a certain way. Um, and I do it in Sahana a lot where it's, uh, let me just pull a specific line. Uh, there are some times we fall, we fall from grace. Na, na, na. Oh, how I try to, to all. There's like a couple times basically yeah. where it happens where the, there, there'll be like a, a specific Indian run or a classical run, if you may, but with an English like lyric. And that I think subconsciously would have come from listening to some of the stuff that the Beatles did where the la 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 like there's like specific things that they did where you could tell they're pulling from Indian melodic kind of constructs mm-hmm. um but with the uh, the English language so yeah it it was I always loved it yeah for yeah, sure yeah, yeah. let's um let's go to Ruby in San Jose welcome Ruby oh hi thanks for taking my call yeah, I was listening to your program, and I you know I just love that music so much uh, because I remember I used to go to Mountain View, <laughs> and I used to buy the CDs, and I think you are doing a pioneer work, uh, transitioning the Indian music into American music, uh, into American music, and and in in the English language, which gives me you know a chance to understand the language. And uh, because I I just loved the the rhythm and the melody of mm. the songs, uh, but I didn't understand the language. And I think this is this is a great work by you. You're doing the uh, pioneer work over here. Anyway, that's all I have to say. <laughs> thank thank, you. thank you, you so much. Thank you so much. We also uh, we have a surprise for us and you. We've got um, Usha in uh, Fremont. Welcome. <laughs> Oh, hi. Good morning. Uh, this is Usha Iyer, next door auntie. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing fine, Karna. Uh, actually, I'm so thrilled you're back home here. Even though you're born in India, this is your home, definitely. And uh, uh, I'm so, I, I would say one thing, though. Jazz became more popular through you, for me, you know. Uh, and I really welcome that. And your voice is is fantastic, and I hear all your music. And um, Usha, was it was music. it good from when he was a little kid? Like, do you remember him performing? Oh my God, you're adorable! You were adorable. He was adorable, and he he looked nice. He sang nice. <laughs> his, but mom, his mom was so well disciplined teacher. My son went for learning yeah. too. This is all those things are for fun, but they didn't become uh, anything like what he is. Uh, but Sid is so fantastic. Even you know, I think I am so proud of him Aww. for being for a small town. Not small town. I shouldn't say Fremont. It's a small town. <laughs> uh, but it's amazing that I'm so happy that Aww. I could at least talk to him through radio right now. Usha, <laughs> you're making me so happy. We're just we're just beaming in here right now. Um, She's one of the oh, yeah. Right. I, we've known them for so long. It's so good to hear your voice, Auntie. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Come by sometime. Bye-bye. Good day. All the bye. Thank you. We so appreciate that. Um, Cheers. Uh, Sid, um, we got to have you. You have some other new music 
Um, again, the album's going to be out um, this summer. There's yep. still some, there's some singles out though that you can go um, check out. Blue Spaces. Right? So, Dear Sahana and Do the Dancer out right now. Oh, okay, okay. And then we're going to put another one out um, late this month, and the album comes out in July. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so why don't you do another one of your new sure. uh, pieces for us, uh, acapella here in the studio? So this song is called "Should Have Been There." Um, Should have been there. And it's unreleased. <laughs> Free like eternal waves Caught in eternal winds I think I saw the edge Should have been there I flew too close to the sun Wings burnt, don't know where to go I think I saw the edge Should have been there Bells ring and the deaf still cry Felt first and we start to question why Silhouette Come alive Somewhere inside There seems to be Parts of a time That never want to leave Never want to leave Free like eternal waves Caught in eternal winds I think I saw the Come alive, should have been there. Should have been there. Sid Sriram singing. Uh, well, should have been there. Should have been song, there. Should have yeah. been there. Should have been there. Yeah. Um, another uh, comment for you, and it's like fascinating. This, these comments are, are coming. Mm. Um, Kate writes in to say, "I find Sid's music to be so healing and life affirming at this time in my life. My sister in law died in April, and her memorial is this weekend. And his music is helping me through this acceptance of her passing." Sid's music's a beautiful example of what the Bay Area can deliver in terms of cultural synthesis. Artists are always there first, showing us the way to experience the world and be in the world with love and joy. Hmm. Is it often that people say to you, like, man, your music helps me heal from something? Or is this just our listeners are, are, are picking up on that this morning? Uh, I, it's, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, I've... Um 
since I like, I started performing quite young. I was like three when I first, and I was at, at UC Berkeley actually. Um, but we would have like since my mom had the school, different people coming through the house, and I would sing songs. And one memory early on was just this older woman a mom of one of my mom's adult students. So she must have been, let's say, like 60, 65 or so. And uh, she came to visit. They were having chai. Uh, my mom had me sing a song. And I viscerally remember just, like, she started tearing up. And I must have been maybe, like, eight or nine years old around mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And that was just, like, this profound experience for me. Because up until that point, it was more of this, like, I loved the attention. I'm on stage. Yeah, yeah, and and people would always, you know, be very, uh, just like kind of dazzled or whatever. But this was the first time where I was like, oh, this has a an impact on someone like molecularly, <laughs> where it causes this kind of this deep reaction. Mm. So yeah, it's something I've always heard. It's something I don't take lightly at all. Um, it never gets. Uh, it's it's always a trip to to hear that. I you know it's it's just a. Uh, a responsibility, I guess, and a deep, deep honor yeah. and, and, and just blessing. We're thinking about you, Aaron. Thinking about you, Kate. We've been talking with and listening to musician Sid Sriram. His forthcoming album is Siddharth coming this summer, right? Yes, that's right. Man, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for having me. This we has so, been so beautiful. <laughs> we so appreciate yeah. it. This is Long, Long Time. We're going to go out on it. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for another hour of Forum Ahead with guest host Ariana Prail. Love for a long Funds for the production of KQED's Forum are provided by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, the Germanicos Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.